Tom, uh, thanks uh, for uh, joining the conversation. Um, the you, you're working, you know, on uh, on DI, which right now it's uh, it it has exploded uh, the, the the whole universe of uh, especially commercial applications. I mean, what I found what I find mo most interesting about DI is that uh, right now it's uh, really evolving a bottom up. So we're looking at an explosion uh, explosion of commercial applications on top of AI tools. And infrastructures so it would be very nice to hear a little bit of uh, your uh, experience so uh, right now uh, you're uh, uh, you know you're, you're working on multiple projects so it would be nice to understand a little bit where you're coming from and then uh, we see a little bit the future together of how we think the eye is evolving yeah sure of course um and yeah so do you want me to give a bit of background on on yeah. eye and uh... Absolutely. Yeah, so, we, so we're a marketplace for home living and art products. Um, the thesis behind the business is um, that the home living and art space has never really moved online because oh, sorry, it's, it's, it has low levels of penetration online versus other categories and other comparable categories. So apparel, for example, has a um, has an online penetration of about 30, 35% and home accessories and wall art, it's more like 15%, um, so half where the other categories are, which is surprising because actually it's a category that doesn't require fit and the like. Um, and you don't really need to see the products before you buy them or try them on before you buy them. And our thesis on why that is, is because whilst it's a very large market, eight, $900 billion market. There are very few businesses um, that are large, so very few brands in the space. And consumers therefore don't really know what to look for. And they don't really know what they want till they see it. And equally, they're trying to discover products that are unique, interesting, say something about themselves and they've actively rejected kind of things like Ikea and the classic red London bus art print, for example. And so what that means is a space that's very applicable to marketplaces um, because you're basically aggregating a very large supply chain um, and then bringing demand and trying to match that, get the right product in front of the right person at the right time. And that's essentially what you're doing is a, a platform that's matching um, supply with demand. We take a particular view on it that because this is a discovery driven platform, A, we need to be mobile focused, but B, we need to use data and machine learning to understand what a customer wants very fast, and then in real time, serve them product recommendations. And we, um, so we built a technology stack that does that. It um, tracks all the actions that a user takes. It also tracks the actions that a user doesn't take. So you see a product and you don't click on it. That's almost as interesting as you see a product and you do click on it. It's a kind of passive um, data point for us. So it's kind of this concept of dark insights that you can take from that kind of data. and it click through rates uh, three to five percent that actually means that the uh non-click data is 15 to 20 times more you, you just get a massively larger amount of data for that so we built as i said we've got a technology set that allows us to do that and we're building a shopping experience that's much more relevant to consumers so that was the, that's always been the thesis thesis for the business but in early september we started seeing the emergence of generative ai um, and particularly image-driven generative AI, so DALI, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, all appeared around those, that time. And we're a business, we are historically the first part of the business was actually an art business. So we do print on demand art. So we have 
about 130,000 art prints on the platform that anyone that someone can buy and you can buy them globally um, that we printed in market and then sent to you. So obviously generative AI, where a customer comes onto a platform and writes and tells the platform what they want and the platform makes it for them is a potentially very interesting use case and a very obvious mass consumer use case for generative AI. Because at the moment, our, from what I can see, there's a lot of talk about generative AI in the tech community. And there's some very, very clear and obvious applications of it for work and for improving, for example, we're already using it to write um, social media copy. We're using write, uh, writer.com. We're testing out ChatGPT, which I think everybody seems to be testing ChatGPT at the moment. Um, but actually, there are, haven't been, there isn't a plethora yet of consumer use cases for the technology. But very clearly, this is a technology, you know, we, we're very bullish on it and we agree with um a lot of the tech press which is saying that this is fundamentally a, a the next platform shift where yeah. you know you had cloud you had mobile and you yeah. know back in 2008 i wouldn't have predicted that the rise of the iphone would lead to uber for example yeah yeah i, I agree with you that this is uh, really the next platform and that uh, it is very hard to predict because everyone was uh, uh, almost expecting uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we we first were uh, looking at uh, blockchain and then we were looking at AR, VR and stuff like that. But then uh, suddenly, as you said, uh, AI speeds up in a way that uh, was not uh, uh, predictable uh, just a few months back. Meaning, of course, I've been following as well the, the, the evolution of uh, GPT and uh, just from like 2019, to 2020 when we got like a GPT-2, like was a jump, like a huge, huge already incredible jump. Indeed, we got the first, uh, uh, you know, companies uh, able to become, uh, I guess, uh, billion dollar companies like uh, I think uh, Jasper or Kobe I mean, those companies that were built uh, on top of uh, really uh, just uh, GPT uh, OpenAI interface. And as you said, as, as you pointed out, I think it's quite interesting because uh, right now, ChatGPT, of course, uh, it looks more like an interface for B2B where you can use it a lot for productivity. But it would be quite interesting as a consumer application where really the web becomes some things that get uh, generated on the fly and it's very customized. So as the user goes along, it's going to have his own, it's his own vision of uh, what the web is because you're going to have requests which are, are very specific and they, they will be generated for you on the fly and based on the interactions that you get with the AI, which is similar to what we saw with ChatGPT. You go in, you uh, do a conversation, we may be see, which may be similar to many others, but then maybe also a different kind of conversation. Uh, and of course, we can imagine that uh, you know there, there is going to be a common web space because otherwise there is going to be too much um, you know energy needed to uh, to to generate uh, things from scratch on the fly each time because there are many things that you know are common to everyone. So, uh, which is the logic of a, of a search engine where you get the same pages that are ranked and in indexed. But then on the other side, it's quite interesting to think that we are in a scenario where. Uh, users can produce and can actually uh, uh, prompt the AI to, to generate more and more stuff. And as you said, the application, like especially in the art uh, consumer space, is, uh, is quite uh, compelling. So 
Uh, and, you know, to, to touch a little bit on the point that you were discussing, uh, you said, uh, you know, just to emphasize a little bit, we're going from really to, from search to discovery, right? And um, what are some of the, the things that uh, uh, you're seeing? And, uh, you know, even if you if you want to demo uh, how the platform works or, or some of the elements that make it special, feel free to, to do it. Um, you know, pretty good as I was showing, I was uh, sharing the screen initially as you were talking to show a little bit of the, the the marketplace, but uh, I'm uh, curious to. Yeah, I think our, so we, where, where are we at? Obviously it's a very fast moving space. And I said, we've, we've basically been working on it since early November, where I think the thing that you pulled up a second ago, the Fight Studio is the, the first area that we're looking at. So that is, what, we, what we're terming active generative AI, where the consumer knows that they're um, using AI to make something. And yeah, as I said, that you probably couldn't write an easier use case or a business that should be at the heart of this stuff than a business that's already selling products in the art space. Yeah, as I said, with $125,000 art print, um, has a supply chain to sell art. And then, you know, you see a, product, a thing that allows consumers to just basically unleash their creativity. So that for us is the first part of this, which was you know, literally text to image. We're using stable, a flavor of stable diffusion in the background. We're then using, we're testing, as I said, the, the product only launched um, a week ago. So um, it's very new, um, at least to, to the public. And what we're doing in the background is we are tuning people's prompts because we know one of the challenges at the moment with, with generative AI and image generative AI is people don't necessarily know what prompts to use. And actually there's quite a large amount of you know, prompt engineering going on. And so what we're doing is essentially augmenting people's prompts with the we're not building models based off the art that we already have on the platform um, because we haven't spoken to our artists about that. And that's a key area that we're keen to, that we're very keen to get right. That's quite, that's quite interesting. Sorry if I, if I stop you there, but I think it's one of the most uh, interesting points because, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course we've been trained also to, uh, as well, to, to search things on the web because uh, in the early days, probably was not that intuitive even like uh, using keywords for search. So it took a little bit of training. And as Google scaled up, I guess it became uh, something like uh, usual for, for people. But, you know, prompting, uh, it's uh, probably a different kind of story because really with prompting, uh, sometimes uh, you can give such uh, granular um, commands to the machine that it can generate uh, such a different output depending on the prompt that you give it. So really prompting gets closer to go coding than to searching, I believe, right? So it's closer to really programming than uh, actually searching. So I was curious to hear your, your feedback as well. If you believe that um, you know prompting right now is part of the interface for the user because we are still 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 in the early days, um, or it's gonna be there. You think uh, even in the future, and now you're using it. Uh, very interested about it. Our view is that prompt engineering will eventually become something that consumers don't do. Um, outside of. You know, for us, a like, very classic cliched example is you know, if a customer comes to us and writes cat into you know, 
a uh, people have been doing it actually previously like you said like search so on five people will come into fire and they'll search for cat what they actually mean is cat art print and then they get a whole list of cat art prints which is essentially um a prompt now if we put that straight into stable diffusion you will get pictures of cats you won't get art prints of cats so we think probably what's going to happen is that you'll end up in a world where there are going to be lots of different models and flavors of things like stable diffusion or ediffy or um yeah, mid journey etc where the prompts slowly become much more engineered in the background so you, know, you come to five you put cat well actually what what should we give what what should we give you we should probably give you a yeah and, and for some reason all the image generators at the moment give four results well it, actually you probably want to give people many results so for us it will be we will prompt engineer in the background different styles and learn about people you know, about preference in terms of the styles and use something like learning for rank which you know very classic data science machine learning technique to then just rank those styles and give people back many many results and actually it ends up being much more like our internal search engine now if someone comes on and puts in a more complicated prompt we would then probably overwrite some of the pieces that we're doing and then the second piece that we're looking at and starting to get quite excited about is we built a business that's all about understanding your preferences and capturing you know data on you um, well, we can actually use that information to improve the prompts in the background and to improve the rank, the learning for rank algorithms that you're seeing anyway from the generative AI. So you can kind of combine classic machine learning techniques and personalization techniques with generative AI. And suddenly you can build a consumer a very, very powerful shopping experience where they're getting unique products that have never been seen before, but that are highly relevant to their personal preferences and their styles. And as I said, we're very much on the start of this journey, but handily our technology stack allows us to do that in near real time, which I think is going to be one of the big challenges in this space is how do you combine those two things together? Yeah, just, uh, just for some context, I'm sharing the screen. I'm not sure if you can see it, of course, I'm yeah, on, yeah. on the marketplace, of course. You know, when when you I, I guess when you turn your ideas into wall arts is a, is a, uh, is your prompting here. So you just prompt the platform, uh, I guess, uh, and uh, from here is gonna really create art for you on the fly, which is very uh, you know very uh, very cool. And um, so again, here the prompting can be uh, something very very uh, simple, uh, like you know um, um, I don't know like house um, in um i don't know house in italy let's see let mm -hmm. let's uh let's uh, stress test it let's see what it does uh very interesting so it tells you also the style of oh, very cool yeah, yeah so we're testing that at the moment like so that there's a lot of prompt engineering that then goes into the styles um very cool so there, there is a combination of prompting which is uh, my prompt and then there is a style which is built on top which is engineered by 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 you so it's like uh that's what you mean when there is like both uh, like uh, prompting and then there is uh, another interface and then you get the final result, which is very cool. I mean, uh, you know, very nice style. And yeah, again, you get something which is very unique based on uh, what uh, what you were you were looking for. And, you know, also going back to, uh, you know, chat uh, GPT for whoever 
So you're going to be listening to this uh, also here. Each time that you type something in natural language format, is going to be a prompt. So prompt is uh, really anything that uh, can help the, the machine to generate an output. But, you know, as we said, it's quite interesting because the prompt can be anything from uh, give me generate like a line of uh, code like Python to, to generate like an image which uh, has like two cats. So it, it can be anything uh, and that borrows itself as a perfect interface for a, a real-time um, generation, which can be in the digital world, but it can be also in the physical world. Indeed, I was thinking that this sort of technology with the AI probably might be very good fit for uh, for AR as well, uh, because uh, one of the key issues, of course, is generating on the fly something as we interact with the real world. So I guess with the help of uh, generative AI, there might be something that makes it possible to actually have consumer devices on our faces, which interact with the real world as well. So. Yeah, and I think just on the, um, as I said, I think there's there's this very interesting space of how the two, you know, chat GPT, for example, and Stable Diffusion or DALI or EDIF or some of the image generators could actually co collide. And one thing that we're thinking about is like, if you go back to the, uh, in the Italian house that you made, if we had a, we could use actually chat GPT to then make it seem like you're chatting to an artist. So you could say, well, actually, I like, I like image three, but can you change the color of the roof to be this? And can you add a palm tree on the left or an olive tree on the left? Let's keep it Italian. Um, and you know, that is completely feasible. Um, and actually the other interesting thing is you could, you can, we've, we've started testing this already you can use chat gpt to write prompts that get better image ai so you, you get into this world of like the, the ai the generative ai prompts itself can work together which is which is very cool um so that is i mean this, this is basically the first use case that we've come up with the other the next bit for us is probably not surprising we've seen how lensa which i think probably is the only you know the the most prevalent user application I've seen so far of generative AI of, um, you know, make my setup, make my avatar. Yeah. Avatar, so we're, yeah. We're now looking at, it doesn't take much, a, a, a massive leap for us to start generating. Um, say for example, pictures of your family, you have a picture of your family, you upload it to Fi and it changes it into any kind of styles that you like, um, or in fact, a significant other that you want a portrait of we can then turn that into something and turn it into a real life print. So that's kind of on yeah. the art side, but we, you know, we think this is much more fundamental than that. And yeah. actually for this, again, we're in the home and living space. One of the things that we know as part of the shopping experience in home and living is that people lack the, they want help. They want decision support in this space. And they don't really don't say, for example, you have a new room or you've just moved house. They don't really know how to make that look great. Most, you know, 99% of people can't afford interior designers. Um, and so they default to things like looking in magazines, going on Pinterest, looking on TikTok, looking on Instagram. They spend many hours trawling these things. Well, we've been doing some very early tests, and you know, this is this is more of a vision piece where you can just take photos of a room. Um, and then again, we take those images and we have all these style preset styles that we're working on 
and we turn your room, turn that room, we'll give you say 20 or 30 styles that could that room could look like. Within that, we've embedded in, you can do these things called embeddings where we basically take imagery of we have the product imagery already. We use kind of make mini models on that, and then we embed them into the machine, into the into the generated generated image. And so suddenly you've got this world where you can change a room very quickly into many styles, give yourself some inspiration on those on that area, and the products are there and available to buy. As I said, we're we're not working on this right now, but it's 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 a for us the ultimate um, realization of our vision, which is to help people feel great about their home, is giving people an interior designer in their, in their phone that's completely free, is much, much faster than an interior designer and pulls back all these products for you. So that's kind of the, kind of the end game for us on um, kind of the active generative AI thread that we've got, but we've similarly um, are working on what we kind of call passive generative AI. So where the consumer doesn't really know that they're interfacing with anything to do with generative AI. And a very uh, simple example of that right now is that in the process of building the studio, we realized we realize that this is an image to text, well, sorry, text to image platform. But equally, one of the challenges that marketplaces have and actually retail online has in general is when a user is searching for a product, they're using words. And so you end up with a semantic gap on search. And typically that's bridged through very manual internal processes where you have a human saying what that product is or a human writing descriptive copy for it. It isn't very controllable. It's not very scalable, particularly for marketplaces. I was talking to Fraser's group and Sports Direct um, a couple of days ago, and I showed them that you could actually put an image of an Adidas tracksuit and it will tell you all kinds of things. And so that's the, you know, that's one example of where we're now starting to look at you feeding our search engine, not basically using the reverse of text to image, using image to text, and you get a very rich sentence about the image that you put in, much, much richer than things like computer vision deliver. Right. And of course, of course, the interface uh, of uh, image uh, to text might be something that the user doesn't necessarily see. Maybe it might be something that helps the platform to better uh, this, help the user discover what they're looking for. Like if you if you think like very trivially to to, to a Google Lens right now, it, it, to me probably one of the most interesting applications as well that we have for for AI, which we don't think about. I mean, everyone turns, I guess, Google saying you know Google is not. Uh, releasing AI stuff, but you know, if you look at Google Lens, I play with it a lot, uh, 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 all times that I can, and it's uh, it's quite accurate uh, when it recognizes the images, matches stuff on the web. I mean, and that, I guess that one it's a lot of uh, AI uh, in 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 that process. So, um, so that's uh, absolutely interesting. And to uh, and as you said, just to recap a little bit, I think it's quite it's quite interesting. Also, what you said that uh, you started uh, with uh, with the art application, and then you're looking into other use cases, which will bring you toward uh, what you see as a potential long term use case, which is more like how do I help you uh, discover things for your interior design? So you start from art, and then you expand from there, and you try to understand all the commercial applications that go from art to to really um, more like uh, practical 
so like designing your your own uh, house so potentially sort of either enhancing like a designer or an architect or also helping the user to cut part of the process of of doing that what are some of the the challenges that uh, that you see uh, right now uh, interesting developments just to close uh, this up and uh... <laughs> <laughs> um I think the space is moving so fast that part of it is just keeping pace with it. We, um, and also the, you know, quite frankly, there's some interesting legal IP challenges associated with this. As I said, we're not using our artists. We work with two and a half thousand artists. We're not using that art to model or do anything with generative AI, but we know if you're an artist that is selling products online, whether it's on Fi, Etsy, Society6, your own Shopify shop, it's been scraped. You, your, your imagery is probably being used to train generative AI models. Um, and there's not a huge amount you can do about that right now. now. People are talking about having the ability to opt images out of generative AI modeling. Our, so that's one challenge, like how we, you know, how we navigate that and I kind of see it not quite the same as the Spotify versus, um, uh, Pirate Bay and, and things like that challenge, but there is a similar S challenge that you know, ultimately it's very hard. It, it, ultimately, the technology is going to change and it's going to be trained on stuff, and artists are probably going to lose out potentially, or you know, you know, innovative artists will start using it. So there's that to navigate. Um, some of it's just purely, you know, the technology is good, but it's not quite there yet. There's a lot of artifacts that you end up with seeing in the imagery. It's um, getting rid of that and making it higher quality enough for consumers to buy or you know to want is is a challenge but that's almost as I said, that's that's kind of been solved to a degree by the apis and, and the businesses and stuff like that if you've seen ediffy for example coming out from it it's not been launched yet but nvidia are claiming that it's much much better at removing artifacts from imagery so you know i'm fairly confident that's going to be solved in the next three to six months, considering how fast this space has moved just in the last six months. And there's so much more stuff being trained. Um, and then it's simply, you know, from our point of view, you know, that we, we, we want to find out, can we get you know, when you use the studio a second ago, it's not instant, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And the more advanced the model, so for example, dream booth, or these avatar tools, they take in minutes and that's not what consumers expect from the internet so the internet's kind of sh it's got much much faster but generative ai is some of it's pretty complicated stuff and takes quite a lot of compute time on very expensive nvidia gpus so yeah there's a cost and a speed time and therefore how do you monetize sufficiently to then cover those costs is yeah is another challenge that i think you know particularly because the world of the the world of venture although Generative AI is probably one of the, the areas that venture uh, is investing into more, but there's not the wealth of growth equity and venture capital available as there was even you know, seven or eight months ago. Mm -hmm. That's some of the emerging challenges. Very, very interesting, Tom, and uh, thanks uh, for sharing, sharing all, uh, all this stuff uh, you know, uh, with me. And uh, I, I guess uh, let's see where it leads you and uh, happy to connect uh, uh, as well with you uh, in uh, you know in a few weeks or anything uh, whatever you feel like uh, 
the need that it makes sense to share. I'm, I'm going to be sharing more stuff about, uh, you know, AI, like a newsletter, blog. There is a lot of information already, but uh, maybe uh, sharing more stuff on a podcast and YouTube as well. So anytime that you feel like the need, uh, you see that there is an interesting development, feel free to ping me so that we can further uh, discuss uh, this stuff just to brainstorm a little bit. It's always uh, interesting to have those discussions. Yeah, no, I would love to. Already. Thank you.